You're listening to the Unsigned Chat Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Unsigned Chat Podcast. On this week's episode, Jana and I are chatting with Izzy Warren, so let's jump straight in. Hey! How are you, Jana? I'm good, how are you, Matt? I'm very well, thank you. You had a good week? I have, how about you? Yeah, it's not been too bad, thank you. That's good. So what have you been up to? Tell me what you've been up to. Hanging out. Um, <laughs> no, I do a lot of music work every day, unsigned chat work every day, so uh, that's what I've been up to, magazine. Izzy, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How's your week been? It's been all right, actually. I've had a few uni interviews this week, which has been actually quite fun. Quite fun? I don't know many people that's described <laughs> uni interviews as fun. Yeah, no. Well, I was quite nervous for my first one, but I did it. And it was just like, I guess just like this, just having a conversation about music, really. So I quite enjoyed them. So what's the actual uni course you're going to be doing? Um, a few different popular music courses. So it's elements of practical performance, recording, and then like analysing music culture. Okay. So at least you're going, still going down the music route. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't dream of doing anything else. <laughs> it's always interesting because I think Jane as well, I mean, we've had other guests on, haven't we, where... They go to university, but they don't do anything music, even though they are kind of working um, in the music scene as well. Yeah, I know. A, I know a few people who have gone to different places. I know someone who's doing a journalism course in Cardiff, and they're because they're in Cardiff, which is obviously a great music city. They're out gigging and doing open mic nights, even though they're not doing a music course. They're still doing music, which is really cool. So tell us what, what you're up to music-wise at the moment then, Izzy. At the moment, I'm not doing too much gigging. I'm kind of taking a break, heading into A-level season. But I'm doing lots of writing in my spare time and working slowly on an EP. That's exciting. Yeah. So how far into the EP are you? Um, I've kind of got my songs written. Um, I'm just in the very start of putting it onto Logic and just kind of mapping out what I want the songs to sound like. Um, I want to just try and push myself a bit more and experiment with different sounds. So I've kind of got a few demo versions of different things put together at the moment that are just kind of me shoving a bunch of synth sounds together and seeing what happens. Because I think when I first discovered you, it was through Music How UK. Yeah, um, from their hashtag on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you, you're doing a few gigs when I first started getting to kind of know a bit more about who you were and your music. Was it some like festival things I think you were doing at the time? Yeah, um, I've done quite a few festivals. I do Glastonbury Festival a lot. That's always a favourite of mine, which is a really nice family festival. Um, I've done Langerland Festival before. Um, Grinagog and just lots of festivals local to me really. So what's your sort of vision where, where do you want to kind of be with your music what do, do you want it to look like? I don't know too much at the moment I think I'm quite lucky in the sense that 
I'm going off to uni, which will give me the chance to just kind of expand what I'm doing with my music um, and just see where I end up. At the moment, I'm keeping it very broad in terms of genre and I'm just hoping to just keep going, making and recording music and gigging and just seeing where it goes. So I suppose doing that, you're quite fortunate because you're not kind of being too narrow. So it might naturally go somewhere where you didn't really expect it to go to at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And it it means that I don't, I don't know, like, because I'm still so young, I don't have a, like, career behind me when people kind of think, oh, like, she's a blues artist or a rock artist or whatever. They're just like, I, I still have chance to put myself forwards into the industry as what I want to which is really nice. So do you think your EP will be released this year then? Or? Yeah, I'm hoping to release it sometime during the summer maybe. I want to put it out before I go to uni so that I can have kind of a... This is how my music is before uni and then I can start fresh and I'll learn loads of new things at uni and then I can kind of finish that chapter of my life and start a new one. That's good. That way you can have some kind of audio like audio growth you can see how yeah. you used to sound and then compare later yeah especially after like learning how to... i think wow i was doing that i've done i've done a few things in local studios um but my so i released an ep last year which i recorded myself but i just had some help mixing it and just getting feedback of like what the levels were and then i'm doing it all again myself this time although I might go in to record some vocal bits in other studios Mm. just because I find that other studios have better mics than I do um but yeah I'm just I'm doing it all myself because I like to be in control that's a plus of being indie you get to control you get to do what you want yeah yep you get to be in control of your own art it's really nice with all your uni applications at the moment do you know kind of which ones you ideally would like to go to I've got um, three that are kind of my top ones, which are all the ones that I went to interviews for. So some of them I decided not to go to the interviews. Um, But the three top ones. um, So on Wednesday, I did an interview at the University of Gloucestershire. And then today I did one at the University of Falmouth. And then I've got one at the University of South Wales next week, which is based in Cardiff. Okay. That's exciting. Have you got one that you particularly like? I'm not sure. They all have their pros and cons. And I I think I'm just waiting till I get all my offers. And then I'll just sit down and think, right, what, what's going on? Where am I going? Okay. So when did you start music? I mean, I started music as just kind of sat in my bedroom playing guitar when I was maybe like nine or ten. My dad started learning the guitar and then he taught me a few things but I don't think I actually played outside of my bedroom until I was about 14 where I just played a little gig at school and then I just started finding gigs and just expanding really and then the more gigs I do the more gigs I get and I just keep going at your school yeah so I have that's where you um, started yeah we do every year we do what's called live sessions which is like a concert um where anyone can get involved so all the music students uh so like in my class I have a band so we always play songs there 
and we have all our different clubs. So that's where mm-hmm. I first started performing live and then I started playing outside of school as well but I still always do the gigs in school because they're so fun that's great that you are able to do that at your school we used to have um stuff like that in our schools around where I where I'm from and we we don't really have that anymore there's like a whole thing about music education being um really important but kind of replaced by other things and so I think that's really cool that you were able to be inspired by the opportunities given for music at your school that's really cool yeah we're really lucky because our head teacher loves the arts so much and even even though music's kind of being pushed out a little bit there's absolutely no chance that it will go from our school because our like our arts department is so strong that it just like our head teacher loves it so much and we celebrate the arts so much so I don't think there's any chance of it going. That's very impactful and I think you're a good example of the way that music education and opportunities like that in school really do like impact students and um, show that like people who want to have a career in music it's it's starts in school yeah definitely I mean if I if I hadn't been able to do music at school then I wouldn't have been able to learn the skills that I have or get as much confidence in performing and it just yeah it's so important yeah that's wonderful are you from a family of music artists then is he um my dad plays in a band they do covers and they play at weddings a lot so he's kind of taught me most of what I know it's always good to have musical people in the family isn't it yeah it's really nice some of my friends say like it's cool that I have a parent who plays music which means that I don't have parents that go you should pick a real subject to study like English rather than music (laughs) and they just let me have a career in music even though it might not be the most stable thing but they know I love it and it's fun so they just let me do it family support is always important yeah that's awesome what's your sort of songwriting strategy how do you kind of go about writing a song um I don't know how much I have one I mean I tend to just I always make notes in my notes app on my phone just little bits come to me and I put them down and then I'll make time to sit down and go through them and see what I can actually turn into a song which sometimes works really well and sometimes I have loads of notes with not much to them and then my storage gets full. <laughs> I bet that's a nightmare when that happens. Yeah. Sometimes I think that maybe I should go back to the old-fashioned way and write down things on paper. It's so much but easier I, when you have your phone with you, though, when, it's you, have so it, much when you have inspiration. I, I can totally relate about the storage because, like, I have an idea <laughs> or somebody says something, I'm like, i got to write it down. And then I realize if I lost my phone, a lot of my song ideas would be gone. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's what I think. Like, if I had them in a notepad in my bedroom, then it would be fine. It can accidentally get deleted anywhere. But I just can't give up being able to just note things down on the go and also copy and pasting choruses, especially. I don't want to have to write it out all again. I just copy and paste it, sorted, done. I guess one thing that we've kind of realised with more episodes of the podcast that we keep doing is that a lot of the artists seem to have one thing in common they all seem to write a lot of songs about their friends oh okay (laughs) so whether it's been like a friend that's been through a breakup or uh you know whatever it may be there seems to be a common connection so the question is izzy have you ever (laughs) written a song about a friend yes but i don't know if (laughs) i've written i think kind of one song no two songs about friends but they're kind of I don't know one song I've written um 
called Lonely Bones, which is one of the new ones I've written. It's kind of about a friend that I used to have and that I don't see her anymore at all now and just wondering where she is and what's going on with her. Because it's just weird. Like, she was my best friend and then we, like, drifted. And now it's like, she still exists out there, but I don't see her anymore. And that's weird. Oh, That sounds sad. <laughs> It's not it's not too sad. It That's sounds good. like I use major chords, so it sounds like a happy song. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that you just kind of like drifted apart as you kind of like got older? Yeah, well I think we kind of drifted, I don't know, maybe like year ten or eleven or something. But then we we went to different schools for sixth form. I think maybe if we still went to the same school we'd still be in contact and we'd still see each other. But we just kind of we went to different schools so we didn't see each other. So it's just kind of drifted from there, I guess. So how many songs will you have on your EP then when it's ready for release? I'm hoping maybe six. I had four on my last one and I've been writing a lot. Um, I maybe have about seven songs that I feel could be turned into something, but I don't know if I want to put all of them on because I want to make them really good. So I I might put less on so that I can make them really good. But then I feel like I've got a lot to say, so I want to put more songs on. So it's finding the balance between quality and quantity, I guess. Do you ever find that when you like create an EP, you change your mind on one of the songs towards the end? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's one song that I don't know if I'm going to put on, but I've still been making it because I really like it. So I might just make it and then save it for myself. And there's also another song which I was really certain that I wanted to put on, but now I've started to put it onto Logic a bit. I don't know if I like the song anymore. I just kind of like feel like I wrote it and now I don't feel that way anymore. So I just kind of don't have the creativity behind the song. So I don't know if that one will go on there. Do you find it difficult choosing sort of songs to put on EP? Yeah, because I didn't really have the problem with my last one because I pretty much had these four songs that I'd written and I was like, yeah, these are the only four songs I have, so they'll be the four songs that go on it. But now it's like I have to make an actual choice between which songs I want to put on it because I'd love to put them all on it, but I know I can't really do that and I almost don't want to do that. So then it's like, do I save them for the next EP or album or what happens next or will they just kind of disappear forever? Well, hopefully they won't disappear forever. No, they'll be in my phone. <laughs> you might revisit <laughs> later. Yeah, definitely. I'll come back in a few years, I think. That song still applies. I'll rewrite it and do it again. Do you ever take your songs to other people and ask them for lyrical feedback or help finishing a song? I find it really hard to show my songs unless I think that they're finished. Um, I've been, I was supposed to show my parents all the songs that I want to put on the EP so that when I record vocals in my room, it's not as weird because they've already heard it. <laughs> but I keep putting it off because I just, in my head, the songs aren't finished because I haven't finished them. So I don't want to show them until they're finished. But I know that I need to, that's how they get finished is by showing them and getting feedback. And then and then it goes on from there. That's awesome. I think that's, I think that's um, wise to want to show people the best versions. But it also helps with growth. Like when yeah. you feel like a song is finished, do you ever go play it at like an open mic or something just to see crowd reaction? I've, 
I do that with some of my songs. Like if I think I want to put it on an EP or an album or something, I'm like, I'm going to play it and see how how people respond. Do you yeah. ever do that? No, but that's a really good idea because oh. then I can I can just pretend that it's like I can say, oh, this next song is just whatever, and just maybe pretend it's a cover. And then if people seem to enjoy it, then I'll think, yeah, cool, that's yeah, good. Yeah, like get your parents or whatever to or whoever you want to look around at the people while you're seeing it to see if um, people are reacting well to it and um, dancing if it's a happy song or something. But that's what I that's what I do. I'm like, look around and tell me what they think yes. later, and then I'll know if I should put it out or not. That's a really good idea, actually, because then you. I can. It's yeah. I'll, I'll use that one. So how else do you promote your music then at the moment, is it? Um, I have a few different social medias. So I, I think I use all of them. I know I have Twitter, Instagram and Facebook are all Izzy Warren Music. And I, I post a lot. Um, I think I probably post the most on Instagram because I just put loads of pictures and videos from gigs. And then I post, I've just posted a Instagram TV for the first time a few weeks ago of um just a clip of um lonely bones uh the recent song that i wrote i've never used instagram tv is it awesome yeah i really enjoyed it because <laughs> how would you rate your experience <laughs> <laughs> um i would say a solid four out of five. <laughs> oh, okay cool um so basically you can post i think it's like up to 10 or 15 minute videos on it um because normally on Instagram, you can only post it for one minute, but you can select it so it goes in everyone's feed still, so that people still scroll through and find it, but then they can just click and watch the whole video. So I thought, that's, I'm going to post the song like that, rather than, because I used to post a lot on YouTube and then do a little one minute clip on Instagram, but now I can just post it all straight on Instagram, which is so much easier. Is Instagram your favourite social channel then for using? I don't know. I would say it's the one that I guess people my age, which I guess my fan base is, that's the one people use the most. Because I I think Facebook is the best for events. Like definitely if I'm playing a festival, I'll post about it on Instagram and Twitter. But making an actual Facebook event is really good. I read somewhere or listened somewhere this person was saying like if you change your location when you make an event it um that's something better for your events like if it's if you are traveling and then you change your location to wherever your your show is going to be it's supposed to do better promo. Have you ever done anything like that? I've never tried it but I no. thought that seemed pretty cool so yeah I shared that. I don't know. I don't remember where I read it or where I listened to it, but it's something like it's supposed to promote your event a little more. Yeah, well, it makes sense because it's like the location of where it's going to be, so it'll put it out there a bit more. Yeah, I guess so. I've never quite got the the art of Facebook. <laughs> no. Twitter, I'm okay with. Instagram, yeah. I'm okay with. But Facebook, I don't know. It just, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of them platforms I just can't quite get my head around. But, Facebook? Uh, yeah, you sound shocked, Jaina. No, I'm not shocked. I was, I was just making sure I was on the same page. Facebook, yeah, I don't really get Facebook either. I mean, I can work. I can work it except for the business pages. Like, I don't get. I don't get business pages. I think with Facebook, I, I seem to struggle get at the sort of reach that I can get with sort of Twitter and Instagram. But yeah. I guess it. I guess it just depends on sort of the content you're posting and 
who you're appealing to. Yeah, I think so as well. Because I think, I guess with the like the hashtag unsigned chat, because it's a hashtag like that works best on Twitter. Because I don't think people use hashtags too much on Facebook. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think you're right. So what's your sort of music plans for the next few months? Is it just literally record the EP, or have you got some? You're gonna do a few gigs before you go off to uni? I think it'll be kind of now until June. I think I have a couple of gigs in June, but my A levels are at the start of June. So it'll pretty much just be writing and recording because I'll just be kind of doing that in between revision, using as my breaks. But then I've got lots of gigs lined up for the summer before I go off to uni, which will kind of, I don't know, be my tour for my EP, I guess. Is that just like one big party before you go off to uni? Yeah. <laughs> so, Izzy, a question for you. If you were to have a celebrity dinner party... Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, I love this question. Who would you... Which celebrities would you invite? And why? The celebrities can be dead or alive. Oh, okay. But it's only a pretend one, so it doesn't matter. How many am I allowed? Or is it just like as many as I want? Unlimited. You can have as many as you want. Oh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) You put me on the spot here. Okay. um, I would invite Tyler Joseph from 21 Pilots because I really like the way that he makes music and that he doesn't really put his music into a genre and the way that he uses his lyrics with his music and I would invite him and get him to teach me how to use logic <laughs> invite Ooh, him in. okay. while you're here please teach me how to use logic um because I think everyone I would invite I would just invite people whose minds I appreciate and people that I could have a really good chat with oh okay so who for example I think maybe I'm just trying to think. I do philosophy at school and I'm thinking who might I invite who I've studied and I thought is interesting. I think maybe it'd be cool to invite some of the suffragettes. Mm -hmm. I think that could be an interesting conversation. Okay. Agreed. That'd be pretty cool. And maybe like it could be cool to invite Freddie Mercury because I feel like we would have a fun party. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch that? um, Did you watch that movie that came out? um, Queen one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was really good. It was a good movie. I haven't watched the Elton John one, though, yet. I want to get around to doing that. No, I've not seen that, so I'd be interested to know what people think of that. I haven't seen it. It was another one that was meant to be good, though. Yeah. So, Jaina, who would you have at your uh, celebrity dinner party this week? Okay. Can I re-invite some of the other people that I invited last time? Re-invite people? It depends if if they're really good friends or not. Okay, I would really re-invite Wendy Williams. (laughs) And I would also invite Carly Simon. And, oh, this is a hard question. I gotta think, like, who would... Oh, uh, Lenny Kravitz. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Who else will compliment? And of course, David Crosby, because you can't have a party at my house without, you know, including David Crosby in some format. Is and of everyone? course, Izzy Warren and Matt. <laughs> That's going to be a busy dinner party. It is. It's going to be a great dinner party. Sounds like fun. I'm going to make steak. <laughs> nice. You're making cake? <laughs> well, yeah, but I said steak. Like, oh, I'm going to make a yellow cake. I'm going to make that yellow cake that you put on Twitter the other day as a... No, I mean, last year as a vote, like, who has ever tried yellow cake? I'd make that for my party and some steak and some mashed potatoes. You're having a cake with steak and mashed potatoes? <laughs> yes. Please yes. tell me it's not the same course. Um, Obviously, same course. Cake is going to be on 
you know, one side of the plate. Look, it's got to be a buffet. Get what you want. A buffet, okay. Yeah, that Get sounds what good. you want. Well. And then go sit down at the table, and then I'll have some cloth napkins and some pretty china, and we'll all just sit and converse. Is it on bean bags? On bean bags? What kind yeah. of a party do you think I'm throwing? <laughs> I was just thinking, like, you know, it was sort of a very casual one. China, cloth napkin, steak, cake. <laughs> Nothing about that screams casual. <laughs> <laughs> but beanbags will be fun for a party where you're gonna have like Watergate salad. Is that what it's called for like Christmas fluff? Say that again, Jaina. Christmas fluff. Christmas fluff. Yes. What's Christmas fluff? Well, it's just nice dessert. Okay. Is have you heard of that? No, I thought I don't know. <laughs> it must be an American thing, Jaina. Yeah, I think so. It must be. Well, I didn't know about the cluster of holes, so. In an aero bar, because you hadn't heard of arrows, had you? Nope. Oh wow. <laughs> Wait. What? I haven't heard of arrows. I haven't heard of cluster of holes until one yeah, podcast. The, the, the cluster of holes was in the arrow, the chocolate arrow bar. Yeah, I've never had that. What, I wish cluster... I had though someday. Well, whenever you come to the UK, that's what you need to have. Yep, most definitely. It's a long way to come for it, but you know. <laughs> there is no distance too far to keep me from chocolate. Bit of a chocolate holic. Yeah, cho- yeah. Cho- what did you just say? Chocolate holic. <laughs> yeah, chocolate holic. Chocolate holic. Yeah. I thought you said chocolate holic, and I was like, chocolate holic. <laughs> I'm a chocolate holic. I like it. I mean, that's not what it is. It's chocolate holic. But now in my head forever, it's going to be chocolate holic. You're mocking me, Jaina. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. <laughs> so, Izzy, one thing that we sometimes do on the podcast is we do let the guests ask questions as well. Oh, okay. So, if there's any questions you want to ask, Jaina is a uh, a singer-songwriter, so she is in the good know-how. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you guys the questions that I've been asking the people interviewing me as my question at the end of my interview. In my uni interviews, I've been asking, as people within the music industry, what's one thing that's exciting you, like one thing you've been seeing happening that you think is really cool, and one thing that you think is a really negative thing in the music industry that you think needs to be sorted out? Absolutely, I already know. Okay, the negative thing... Is the not is that um, airplay is not equal for women in country music? But okay. I think that on the other side of that, a positive thing that I've seen in the industry is a push for equal play and equal opportunities for women in the music industry. I think that's a really exciting thing that's happening right now, and um, something that I'm excited to see what happens with. That's awesome. What about you, Matt? Jaina, you do it every time. Just as I know a really good answer to give, you always go in there and give it first. <laughs> you got to be quick. No, I'm kidding. I tried to be, but I, mean, I tried to be. I, a, I, of... I was trying to be quick, but I thought, no, be a gentleman, ladies first. Oh well, I shared it yesterday, <laughs> and it was already on my mind. So when she said it, I was like, I already know this. But yeah, I think the it needs to be a lot more sort of fairer playing ground um, between males and the females. I think females, there's loads of great female artists that just don't seem to get the sort of recognition they deserve. So I think that's certainly a big thing that needs to be kind of rebalanced. Because even like festivals, I don't know um, with you, Jaina, but a lot of the big festivals over here, there seem to be more um, male headliners than there are female. There seems to be a lot more sort of males that perform than females yeah i think that kind of needs to be balanced out as well and i 
noticed that on um like festival posters and ads and things a um woman whose music is you know i would say a bit more popular than some of the male artists like they're they don't have top billing they're at the very bottom in smaller print but it's kind of like they're doing a lot of really great stuff are they at the bottom yeah i think to answer the other part of your question about the sort of exciting stuff that we're kind of seeing more and more now is just how easy it is for people to release music yeah I think kind of broken down that barrier of where you had to be signed to a label who then would put you into a recording studio. And it's kind of nice now that people can just be themselves, record their own music when they want to and kind of be true to who they are. Yeah, it's nice to see musicians taking the power back because you hear so many stories. Like I know that Taylor Swift had a problem recently with like, um her old record label still owning lots of her music and her not being able to use it for something and it's nice like especially as a young person going into the industry knowing there's so many ways that I can own all of my music all the time and not have to ever pass it over to someone else absolutely yeah I think in regards to uh Taylor Swift I think I think that was just a bit unfortunate with kind of that situation but I also think from the record label point of view, they didn't kind of do her any favours. I mean, to be fair, they could have just given her the rights to her own music. Yeah, I like. I think it's good now that, you know, artists have got the power. They can work with who they want, when they want, how they want. They can decide what studios to go into. They can, you know, record the music in their home studio. or They can choose how they promote the music and where the music yeah. appears. And it is just really nice now to see that artists are in full control. Yeah, it almost brings it back to music just being art and you create it when you want to and how you want to rather than it being such a money-making scheme. Like if you're just making it yourself, then you have to really want to be making it. Otherwise, you just wouldn't. Absolutely. I think also as well is that artists have to kind of look at new ways of making money because obviously a lot of people now just streaming the music through Spotify and you know YouTube and things like that. So I think yeah. artists now have to look at different ways of making revenue from their sort of music activities. Yeah. What's it like in America, Jane, in that respect? It's um, the same so far as um, indie artists being able to get a lot of the opportunities that otherwise, I mean, without having Spotify and all of these, uh, and like CD Baby and new ways to release music, wouldn't have had those opportunities in the past, but now um, it's kind of like you can make what you want when you want to make it, and you can do, um, you can work with a lot of different people. It doesn't even have to be, um, you know, someone you really feel is, you know, have somebody that has a lot of connections in the music industry. You can just make something with your friends, and you can make something really great and something that you feel really captures what you were trying to say with your art and put it out for people share it on social media and you have a much farther reach um I think even with just being able to do this podcast right now talking with both of you guys I wouldn't have been able to do that without the new opportunities that technology has offered and I think that is really helping indie artists get their music out there being be able to make the art that they want to make and share it with who they want to share it with. I think that's, you know, offering a lot of great opportunities. Well said, Jaina. Have you got any other questions you'd like to ask, Izzy? No, I, I, I think that's pretty much it. I feel like, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't apologise. It's fine. But uh, thank you very much, 
is it? And we'll uh, speak yeah. to you soon. Also, a big thanks to everyone who listens to our podcasts each week. Thank you so much for joining us for that. And we uh, hope you'll continue to listen to our podcasts. Hope you can join us next week for another episode of the Unsigned Chat podcast. But until then, have a great week.